one dollar at a time, 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 time. Josh! It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's that special time of year when we celebrate Hanukkah and also Josh Sharp's birthday the same day. So, that being said... I am going to be completely nice to Josh. I'm not going to say one disparaging comment. So I realize listenership will go way down, but it's my gift to you, Josh. Hello, Josh. How are you? That that that's, that was like a passive aggressive disparaging comment right there. Did you just hear that? Do you hear all the people just turn off their phones and their iPod, <laughs> their pod catchers? Now that everyone's listening to it at three x speed. For your family alone, this is for you and no one else. So first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Last of the 30s, buddy. Yeah. You'll be coming over to the dark side next year. With, although I think <laughs> I think the gap between you and I both being in the 40s might be a month. <laughs> I'm just happy since my son is December 2nd. Since he's been around, my birthday's been kind of irrelevant with my family, and I kind of love that. Oh, okay. But it, it just sort of comes and goes, and nobody pays too much attention to it anymore, and I'm perfectly fine with that, especially with 40 coming up. Well, that being said, I always feel sorry for those people, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Hanukkah, when you have to celebrate a birthday, the same time of year as when you might get presents. I know your kids are certainly getting presents for these eight days. I I know how to deal with that with Colin. I think between Hanukkah, we celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas and his birthday, that I think he gets more gifts. There's more days in December of which he's receiving presents than he's not. Because we have, like, the family party for his birthday, then the kids' party for his birthday. He's just, he, he'll feast during December, and then he uh, he goes dark for the next 11 months. Well, speaking of Colin and Charlotte, how are they playing a lot of pinball? They are, man. They had such a fun time at the Power 100 in the basement that for Colin's kids' birthday party, which is, like, December 15th, so a couple, couple weeks away, you know, we were talking about where, where to go and where he wanted, what he wanted to do for his party. And he wants to run a pinball tournament with all of the kids in our basement. You know, we went down to the basement and he wanted to write up a, a list of rules similar to the list we had posted. Somehow he came up with the idea that one of the rules is no Jeff T. Ellis allowed. So, uh-huh. he, I mean, the guy is on the money. I can't even come back. It's your birthday. I said I wouldn't. <laughs> well done. Are you but charging each kid a dollar, by the way? <laughs> so he's making the list, and then the last thing, you know, it, it talks about, and, and he's turning seven, so the list is, is full of, like, now everyone will go to the red chair. The next step is everyone will go here. The next step is whatever. And then his last thing was, and the tournament will last six hours long. And I just started laughing that, like, his birthday party is, like, 90 minutes long. and he, uh, But he was very used to the fact that we had all those guys in our basement for that long. Some tears were shed when... Uh, we told him that it couldn't be six hours. We had to do sort of an expedited version of, of the Power 100. Well, I blame you for teaching your kids how to tell time. See, if you're like me, you ever meet Carson or Brady? They have no clue. Oh, so time's Colin, irrelevant. Colin taught himself, man. He's crazy. You know, we teach kids things differently nowadays. I have to think my younger sister actually taught me how to tie my shoes, as that is told to me by my parents. As she's two years younger. I like to think of it as... She was excited by doing it. Why do I need to do it? This is great. <laughs> I got my little sister tying my shoes. This is awesome. He's still rocking the Velcro, so he refuses to, uh, to to learn anything about laces at this point. Don't give in, Colin. 
I know, right? I I don't wear my. I have like little slipper things at work. I hate laces. There goes an endorsement for IFPA if a shoelace right. company was just ready to cash you a check. Damn it. Way to go, buddy. Let's talk about some of the changes. We just saw the recent 5.5 upgrade for IFPA for the Whopper points, the uh, ranking points. There are three yeah. significant changes. Let's go through them, and you can explain again, as I like you to do. Dumb it down for the rest of us, okay? TGP for the strikes events and fair strikes events and progressive strikes have been added. Can you explain that, please? So... I prefer for you to explain it. That way I know that the lowest common denominator of person can understand what's going on. So why don't, as you believe you understand it, give it a shot and, and I'll fill in the gaps with where, uh, where you go. Because if you don't understand it, then I need to do a better write-up. Because the whole idea is that uh, people should be able to read this and hopefully get an idea of what we're doing. Teolases isn't a language, my friend. Come on. Okay. Come on. I can't even come back. It's your bloody birthday and Hanukkah. This I sucks. Know. Okay. So tell me. Tell me about these changes, Jeff. The strikes events. Uh, let's look at the fair strikes events. First of all, let's. I'll let you explain what a fair strikes tournament is because that is different than a regular three strikes tournament. Correct. I think it might have been uh, Keith Johnson brought up the idea that the whole uh, development of that format came from the normal strikes event where you either get a strike or you don't. And in four-player groups, you know, there's no difference between first and second place, and there's no difference between third and fourth place. When you run into a situation with three-player groups, depending on how the strikes are structured for three-player groups, you know, you, there, there's a big disadvantage if, if, they're, if they're giving strikes for second and third place in three-player groups. You really have to win your match or you're kind of screwed. The fair strikes format is meant to help balance those issues with the player group numbers not being consistent. So really, you get zero strikes if you win, you get two strikes if you lose, and you get one strike if you don't win or lose and finish second or third in a four-player group or second in a three-player group. So it sort of minimizes the impact of the difference in group size. And uh, like two-player groups is, which I didn't know until we were just about to start Power 100, but that also goes for two-player groups, where if you finish in last in a two-player group, which is second, you still get two strikes. I like everything you set up until there. I wonder why we even still have the three-strike format, where it's top two get zero strikes, bottom two get one strike, or in a three-player group, the bottom two get a strike. I think that should be eliminated altogether, because the fair strikes is much better, with the exception of when you get down to two, because let's say it's a six-strike tournament, and somebody, you're in that final group, somebody has five, somebody has four. So the winner takes all. You need to make the Teolis strike format and have Andreas just copy all the rules from fair strikes except for the two-player group rule. You don't have to do that. Just get rid of the three-strike tournament. Uh, I don't know. It served as, I mean, it is by far the most popular format. Three-strike group play has been the most popular format yes. that I've seen. And so, I, th I mean, I think it's, it's just the evolution, right? It's one of those things where, I mean, that format couldn't be more embraced. And I think as more people learn about the fair strikes and go through their own issues of, of dealing with those three-player groups and standard strike tournaments, like, like things will organically fall where they fall, right? I mean, there'll be some communities where, like, they don't care. It's fine. The standard strike format works for them and nobody complains. But I know that, like, in our monthly that we were doing, you know, standard strikes, we ended up 
switching the three, you know the three player group and the strikes allocated in three player groups was a big deal. You know, people were complaining about how it wasn't yep. fair, and we would switch back and forth whether you know second place got a strike or not. And then if if you didn't give second place a strike, now it's easier to be in a three player group because now you just have to not finish the last. So the fair strikes has definitely helped as an option, as has the progressive strike format. Now the progressive strike. Is that where, if you're in a four-player group, you win, you get zero zero strikes? Zero, one, two, three. That's it. It's just however many people you lose to is how many strikes you get. So the changes to 2019 aren't really changes. It's just more here are the tables to calculate that. Yeah. I mean, with the, you know, our guide is there to help calculate an expected number of meaningful games played that any player will play in that format. So, you know, Dave Stewart for years was keeping up with uh, a, a giant Excel spreadsheet that helped calculate the number of rounds that every format would take in every different iteration of that format. And Keith Johnson helped us this year by creating some program. You know, I mean, I think he could probably do it with one hand while he's coding pirates in the other hand, but it could run tens of thousands of simulations of the exact format we want and spit out, you know, these meaningful game metrics based on the exact format and how many players are participating and how many strikes you're setting the event for. And we've migrated our guide to Keith's whatever, Keith's numbers based on his simulations that he ran for us. And Keith was able to, with fair strikes and progressive strikes, just include that in his model so we can add it to our list. Well done, Kiefer. Yeah, man, he killed it. Killed so that's my new crusade. Last year it was less action buttons, which, by the way, I just played Beatles, no action button. <laughs> Iron Maiden, perhaps the game of the year, no action button. So I think it's obviously getting heard. But anyway, that's a sidebar. My crusade this year, get rid of three strikes tournaments and go to a fair strikes tournament. It's no different. I just don't think tournament directors really understand it. It's not about picking one or the other. They just don't get it. And it needs to, like you say, have happened in your own league where people yeah. were like, this this three-player thing really sucks. It's really a disadvantage. And it's it's not done on purpose because it's a random program that picks us in match play. It's just not really fair. I'll take one step further for 2019. And I, I mean, I see it with our monthly. You know, while we were fighting over what kind of strikes event we wanted to run, there was feedback from the player base that I work with here that strikes events are still elimination events so you end up with you know whether you have 20 30 players that are starting you know you fast forward an hour in an hour and a half in and 70 percent of the players are eliminated and we've since switched to just a, a timed group play format where we'll just play as many rounds as we can in a given amount of time and no matter how poor or awesome you're playing, you get the same experience, sort of a Pinberg experience. Everyone gets to play the same amount. And that's been met, you know, as a huge success for our player base. You know, my mom now gets to play an entire, you know, two and a half hours worth of pinball for the night instead of showing up, getting her two strikes, and going home in two games. So I, I see that as a trend that I think keeping people playing and giving them more competitive pinball experience i see that happening whether it be you know just group play formats or people dipping their toes into the flip frenzy format which is what we'll be doing tomorrow night with our monthly 
Well, I want to get back to the flip frenzy and talk about some of these TGP changes that you're doing, but you just mentioned something about maybe a trend. I ran a tournament on the weekend and there was a concern. It was an eight round tournament, four player match play with top 12 going on to the playoffs. Top eight in the A, nine through 12 in the B. And then you do Papa format to get to the finals with the top two advancing in the 4210 format. The one thing I changed, and I noticed this on match play when I was setting it up, I'm like, okay, we have enough players that I can do balanced because that way no one will play the same person more than once. Sure. I was okay with that. I thought that was kind of neat. There were going to be a couple of people that never got to play anybody, but it would either be zero for a couple of people, one for everyone else. I like that idea. The other thing I changed because I noticed in Swiss, it's always that top group that everyone's waiting for to be completed. So that's another reason I did balance. But the other thing I did was I changed the order of being picked based on how well you were doing in the tournament. So if you were leading the tournament, you got to choose order in your next round. And I did that for a time purpose because I, again, didn't want people waiting. The best players are going last. They're more likely to be able to just drain their last ball. That's it. And guaranteed it moved up. It definitely helped time. Nice. Now, is it fair Well, I guess if you play well, it's fair. If you don't, you would think it wouldn't. But everyone has the same playing field when you begin. I tried it, and it it helped with time because time is always a concern. I know you're doing these timed events. I think the match play thing is going to be more relevant in 2019 versus maybe pump and dumps, maybe some other tournaments. I think what we're seeing with the growth of pinball in these pump and dumps are the lines are getting longer and longer and longer. Sure, the cash is going up for the prize pots, but it's still nothing that, you know, really anyone's going to sneeze at. And how many people really go to play for cash? It's just the longer lineups, unfortunately, mean the experience might not be as great. So maybe we'll see more limited entry formats. I know Vancouver Flipout does that, which they have a kind of a good number. I remember Bob Matthews saying, if you can play every game two to three times, that's a good number for limited entry. Texas does that. It's not quite two or three times, but it's like that. I think that might be a better experience. And you know what? Just charge more. If you want to build up the pot, just charge more if that's what the goal is. But you and I were both at Free Play Florida, which is a spectacular event. I do not want to say a bad word about that. I'm just using this one as an example, like many pump and dump tournaments. Cleveland Pin would be another example that I had a lot of fun at. But here's the problem with those and other pump and dumps of this nature. It's a lot of time to qualify. Almost too much. It was three days for Cleveland, two for Florida, which seems to be the norm. It'll be like that for Indisc as well. But Let me ask you this. Okay. If that's the case, why was this the, the biggest year for the Free Play Florida event in terms of not only the number of players that participated, but the quality of players that showed up? Why? I'll if, give you the answer. If, go ahead. Because it didn't coincide with OBX. Last year, they were on the same weekend. But even years before when it, when it hasn't. But you're comparing two years ago to when the growth of pinball wasn't what it is now. Okay. So that's that's your answer, in my opinion. And it's also a spectacular tournament and show and great venue and city and everything else. So it's going to do well. It's going to do better next you. year. Like if, if I'm Dan and I see the trend of, of where my tournament's been going, Don't change I wouldn't it. change a damn thing. I, I, I get that. I'm not saying – I'm just telling you. Yeah, yeah. You, I think at some point you're going to reach the peak where you're going to get people that aren't satisfied. And – I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm saying it's something to watch out for with pump and dump tournaments. So a perfect example to me, I played not bad at Free Play Florida. 
after day one, I think I was third and fourth in the main and classics. I'm like, this is great. I looked at my scores. I'm like, what do I really need to improve on? Not much. I'm going to go sit in the, I'm going to go sit by the pool for a couple hours and get a couple freckles in this, you know, 80 degree weather before I hit the snow back in the frozen tundra of Canada. I then watch my scores go down, down, which makes sense, right? That's going to happen. But forget that I went to the pool. I was already up there. Why would I keep playing though? It's just an endless grind over and over and over and over again. And Go check out the show. Oh, I definitely did that. It was a great show. But I'm just saying, what is the amount of time? Like, if you're playing every game 10, 15 times, and you and I both know people, and myself included, would do that, maybe it's, you know what, there is a different mindset of playing. Because when you play in match play, you're not going for a grand champion score. When you're playing right, in a situation. pump and dump, you're having a lot more risk and reward challenges, too. You're like, okay, right. I'm going like to blow this playing, up. When I'm playing Dracula at, at Free Play Florida for qualifying, like, I'm only going for the triple stack. It's worth just waiting to get everything set up for ball three and then doing your, your three-way love and, and getting your billion and being done. Whereas, that, you know, you would never, you would never be all in, no matter what, in a, a heads up match or you know a group play match on that game. So, if free play was a set amount, a limited, you're saying it might decrease? Maybe. It's all about the the people that are willing to go and show up and support that tournament. If you have a bunch of people that happen to be a group that don't mind playing over and over and over again then you would be doing yourself a disservice by changing away from that because of sure. your own hunch. Oh, so. sure, sure. Listen, I'm using that as an example. Free Play Florida is spectacular. Go to it. It's the best. I love it. You'll see me there next year. I was there last year as well. I'm just using a pump and dump tournament as an example of what I'm talking about. So for those who don't play in tournaments, here's what we're talking about. Qualifying starts on, let's say, a I think it was Friday. Is that safe to say? Friday? It wasn't Thursday. It was yeah. Friday yeah. at let's say noon, might have even been 10 a.m., and you play until midnight. So at least 12, if not 14 hours, one day. Do the same thing the next day. That's a lot of playing, 28 hours for, you know, the same games. It's, um, I'm just saying, me personally, I find the experience of pump and dumps becoming less and less, whereas I look forward to things like, I definitely look forward to match play. I love... Uh, the only problem there is the number of games that you need. If you only yes. have, you know, 10 games available... Yes. There's not much you can do outside of, uh, you know, pump and dump or, or limited. Yeah. Limited is maybe the route to go. Texas seems to be doing quite well with that. Or here's another thing, too, that I look forward to whenever I hear of these, the old Papa ticket system. Now, Papa themselves changed from that, and I'm not sure the reason. I don't even want to speculate. Due to overwhelmingly not support of that format. Okay. By most people. Because that format is hard, and it sucks. It, it, unless you're a glutton for punishment, which, you know, most of the high-level players are, it's a level of frustration that most players don't even know they can hit until they show up. And you're left with, I mean, I know this from, like, my friends and Zach's friends that used to go to Papa with us. Like, they're spending all of their vacation time and all this money, and they weren't enjoying themselves. Hmm. You know, repeatedly, you know, one in every five games, finding a way to mess up your run. And then you just feel like a schmuck. And, you know, after how many years of just continuing to go and not qualify and feeling bad about yourself, you know, they stopped coming because it wasn't fun. With Herb style, I mean, that's where it opens the door for people that aren't consistent good players that, hey, man, if you give me 10 or 15 times on that Dracula, I'm going to do it. And there's no pressure to have to do it right now. 
I'll just try my best, and, and I know that I'm $3 away from being able to just try it again. I'm not concerned about the dollars, Josh. The not, I, I'm not concerned about the dollars. When I go to one of these events, you know, sure. I, I realize, okay, this is the most I can spend. I'm not... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, from a, like most people don't enjoy high-anxiety, high-pressure situations with their vacation time, and the pop of format is, is nothing but high-anxiety for people. Fair enough. You're right. The pool of pe- the pool of people that are willing to put themselves into that situation. I love that situation. Like, there's nothing better than having three great games, two to go, dumping the fourth one, and it's like, here we go. Here's game five. I'm either done for the weekend if I can blow this up, or it's as if those three first great games are all meaningless. That pressure of having to perform at that moment is the best. I, I live for that. But the number of people, if you pulled 100 pinball players, the number of people that would live for that moment, I would say is probably five out of 100. You're right. It's definitely the hardest format to get in. And I say that having, I think, only once ever gotten through on a Papa ticket format, and it was Vancouver Classics. It's it's tough to do, but it really does make the better players shine. So I guess there's some, I think that is a good analogy of the dissatisfaction that people may have had. I'm trying to find a way to reduce the sometimes unpleasantness that is in those long, long lineups that you see at pump and dumps. And, you know, in one breath, you're like, wow, this is great. Look at the number of people here. The nice thing about the the waiting is, thank God, Carl created that great software. You can put yourself in queue, run off for half an hour and come back. So that is the one saving grace of this. I'm a huge fan of following the data. And if, if people really hated waiting in line that much, the numbers wouldn't continue to grow. Listen, you think I hate tournaments? You think I hate pump and dumps? Look at how many I've been into. 6,400 right. in the last go. week alone. You're hating it all the way to the back. No, I'm not. No, hardly. Uh, you, on the other hand, I looked at your little IFPA stats for 2018. You only played Hanging in... Hanging on the front page, brother. Finding a way. enough. Still, 22 as of today. You only played 13 tournaments and leagues in 2018. Now, you did very, very well in eight of those. The other five are just not big point leagues or events. So you made it worth your while when you had to. But is that, again, just a case of, you know, young children? And I ask because I think of Zach and Benson. And is this going to be the pattern for Zach? Probably. I mean, if I look at my profile, this year I traveled to Vegas. I traveled to Toronto. I traveled to Pittsburgh. And I traveled to Florida. Four trips. That's about right for me. And eight of those made your top 20. So, again, you did very well when you had to. So Make them count, man. Make them count when you're out there. I mean, it also helps that, like, my I still have a couple of, like, single digit. Of, it's easy for me to, to make something in my top 20 because I'm battling, you know, decaying events that are worth, like, eight points now. Got to get Colin and Charlotte in more events. Colin's getting into it, man. Escher probably had four championships at Colin's age. Uh, no doubt. No doubt he was already beating me at that age. Let's go back to what we were talking about, the TGP changing 5.5 on IFPA. What was the basis for 25 meaningful games being played? Why did that number come about? I think uh, there was a lot of analysis of, I mean, existing formats and just tracking how many games did the winner play at Texas? How many games did the winner play at Expo? How many games did the winner play at Papa? How many games did the winner play? And you just sort of find, at least when we were modeling, it was trying to find and make sure that what we considered sort of, quote-unquote, the best events out there graded out to 100%. And, and that sort of established, you know, if, if we wanted to make sure a great event graded out to 100%, 
that our meaningful number of games had to match sort of the lowest great event we knew. You know what I mean? Makes sense. I remember you talking about playing a 10-person tournament, uh, five games, was getting 25 points versus somebody that was playing 100 games and there were 100 people. It just, there had to be some balance. Or, and I guess with all the stats you had, uh, 25 was the number. Okay, makes sense. It worked. And, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we the, the easy number was assigning some percentage of value per game. So something that could easily be divided by 100%. So it was probably going to be 4% or 5% per game. So that would have been either 25 or 20. Okay. We went with 25. The Flip Frenzy format, I've played in it. It is so much fun. I love it. That's all I hear. I've never played oh. it. I've never run it. That's all I've heard. I haven't, I haven't heard a single person complain about it at all. The only That's people who will complain... Just- will be the TDs because it is sometimes difficult to be a TD. You certainly can't be a TD and play. I don't know how you would do it. It would require yeah, a lot I'm, of... I'm on- definitely not playing tomorrow night, yeah. especially with it being the first time that uh, that I'm organizing it, but I'm looking forward to just seeing how the flow goes for the, for the night. So this is a new table that you're adding to yes. IFPA. I think Hi. it's great. Yeah. Well, it's in there now, is it not? Flip Frenzy? You get points for it. It's just how you have to you get, you calculate. You get points for it. We just, it's, it's anything that isn't a, a part of the guide. It defaults to the actual number of games played that the winner played. So right now, that's the default way it gets graded for 2018. We have no rule in place. So it's just count the number of games the winner played. That's it. The end. I know this is going to be your first experience, but what is the best way to calculate Flip Frenzy in your eyes? Now, I've seen tournaments that did total number of wins, which I didn't think made the most sense because not everyone played the same amount of games. So it was a little unfair balance. I've seen win differential. Again, it depends on the number of games. I've seen maybe two points for win, minus one for loss. There's all kinds of variations that can be sure. done in Flip Frenzy. What do you think is the best? I mean, like my suggestion to the uh, to the Australian guys was to just do net win as the the, the most fair way that I saw. And I think that's the way that it's defaulted for uh, Andreas in match play. So I think that's what we're doing tomorrow night. So how does it work? I haven't seen Andreas's great match play. Again, if you're not using match play or Carl D'Angelo's Never Drain software, <laughs> I don't. You should. <laughs> those are the two best, hands down. So uh, with Andreas and match play, I haven't seen the flip frenzy format or formula in there. I've seen the progressive strikes we talked about and the fair strikes. I, I think that's yep. great that he's got those in there, but. Uh, the Flip Frenzy, for those who haven't played it, it's a two-player match play game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. When you lose, well, I guess it really depends. I don't know how to explain this to somebody. I don't know. Like, the winner, do, the, do both people get a new game? The winner stays but can't stay for more than one? More than two games, yeah. You, can, you cannot know. be on the same machine more than two games. So, if you win... Some I know the winner stays, some I know the loser stays, some both get reshuffled. Like... <laughs> We're not really doing a good job explaining it. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> and what we're recording this on Wednesday, so tech, or whatever, we're recording it on Monday, so technically it hasn't happened. But by the time we're pretending it is, it would have happened already. Way to pull back the curtain, Josh. Way to night. pull back the curtain, you know? I, know. I wanted it to sound fresh, like, wow, he's talking to Jeff on his birthday. But no, thank you very much. I can't even make fun of you. Well, well if, it, if the, the cat's out of the bag, I would have run this format already. I could tell you all about it, how great it was and how much fun it was. And yes, the winner does stay. Or you could have lied I, and said the tournament was Thursday. <laughs> oh, good point. Damn it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Next time.
Oh, there'll be a next time. I got to make up for all this niceness. So, uh, plan early January for me to come on and just beat the living. Anyway, um, (laughs) let's see. Uh, Okay, so the flip frenzy format. Yeah, let's say you've got 25 people. There are five people sitting on a chair waiting to play on these 10 machines. There are two people lined up on the 10 machines. That's 20. You've got five waiting. Right. They play. The loser goes to the back of the line, and then the next person goes up there. Now, once you've got that first game done, that original person can't stay on the machine. They have to go anyway because whether they win or lose, they have to go. All right, so if they've won their second in a row, then both people go to the back. No, 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 no. That's I've never seen that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can lose and stay on. That, oh, okay, okay. Oh, your tournament's going to be a mess. Oh, you should show up and uh, videotape it. Wow. <laughs> okay, thanks for the I president of IFPA some, for explaining that for local, everybody. That's great. Fortunately, there's some local Chicago players that played in it at Logan Arcade in the yep. city, so I'll rely on them if uh, if I start sending people to places that make no sense. But I'm just going to follow the software, and Andrea should hopefully cue people up on where to go, and we'll all learn together tomorrow night. Boy, oh boy. The last one's easy. You've got certain events that are going to have a 25% boost, and those yeah. events are... It's all of the IFPA Country Championship Finals. North American, European, they'll get a boost as well as the Series Finals? Austria, Germany, Hungary, Italy, New Zealand, Spain, Switzerland, and the UK. You didn't do the Pro Circuit, I noticed. I did not. Did you not do it because you won it last year? No, I didn't do it because it's not an IFPA Country Championship. Okay. I know the reason you did, did the country I not championships. Do it because I want it? No, no, no. Oh, man, I need the plum Well, ask me after we uh, I jip off the front page. If I need a little assistance, <laughs> you never know. No, no, no. What will happen when you drop below 25? All of a sudden, the front page will be top 50. <laughs> right. Smaller you know, Ed's fonts. App, Ed, Ed's app shows the top 50. I think we just need to change that to match his app. Yes, Ed's app, uh, even in beta mode, is still pretty cool. There is an IFPA app. I don't know a whole lot about it other, other than. Uh, they check out their profile to see if they've moved up or down or whatever, or like to find out, keep rechecking to see if an event posts. And his app offers, you know, a, a friendly way of, of letting you know when that happens. So really, well, all I'm doing is cutting down on the number of website views that we're getting. So Ed's destroying my website. <laughs> <laughs> I need everyone to, you know, keep, keep F5 and refreshing their profile page for events to post. Ed has made it super convenient for people to be able to just put the app on their phone and then it'll let them know. Don't worry, the F5 button will get its use on February 23rd when, when yeah, Pinberg tickets go on sale. Yeah, don't F5 at the wrong time or you're out. Yeah. I see it's another great year of growth for pinball. I'm wondering what is your biggest measuring stick? Is it the total number of new players? Is it number of tourneys? Or is it the number of cargo shorts sold? Uh, I mean... For me, there, there's always the two biggest metrics are the number of events out there being organized and the number of players that are out there playing right now. And both are already ahead of last year with a month to go. With the dollar fee, was maybe this was the first year I was slightly nervous that, uh, that we were going to actually continue to go up. I was fully prepared for it to decrease, but hopefully not by much. So... Uh, Having to worry about it decreasing is no longer something I have to worry about. Well, I've seen some of the suppressed players come back. I don't know what their reasoning is, and I don't know why they suppressed in the first place, but maybe the concerns aren't there anymore. Uh, Have you heard anything? Are there still a bunch of people that are suppressed? I mean, you don't have to give names by any means, but just wonder what the stats were on that. 
Let's see. Suppress player. There's 44 suppress players. The reason for each of those 44, I'm sure, varies very greatly from player to player. I have no idea. You know, what, why people suppress, people come back, everyone has their reasons, some more public than others. And, I mean, for us, you know, we've always, we don't have to allow people to suppress. It's just a service that we've always followed at, at, at players' requests because, you know, I just want people to get whatever they want out of competitive pinball enjoyment-wise if suppressing themselves off of our website allows them to enjoy their competitive pinball experience more then great, I'm here to support that. But players who suppress themselves were still paying the dollar fee if they were in North America tournaments, correct? Well, their their placement was accounted for with the dollar fee, unless there was you know an opt out available from the tournament director. Okay, and yeah, I mean, they, they, no, no, like n- none of the events I run, I'd never charge an extra dollar for the events that I run. And by suppressing yourself, that limits you to certain events, correct? Yeah, I mean, it pre- you pretty much you just. Uh, you give up all of all of the IFPA-related perks that we have to offer. So the rewards program, qualifying for state or provincials, or if you're in Europe, you know, the, the ECS final, qualifying for worlds and whatnot, which for a lot of people that aren't really competitive, none of that really makes a difference to them. So, you know, outside of just having your own personal archive of events, you know, you also, that, that disappears when you suppress, so you, you lose the ability to sort of have your own little uh, personal companion of uh, your event history. Have you cooked up anything new for 2019 that uh, we can expect maybe on April 1st that uh, you've been kind of <laughs> sampling? I mean, this was a pretty Not big yet. change in 2018. I can't imagine it'll be something like that in 2019. Well, yeah, but I mean, this big change in 2018 was announced in 2017. Right. So by the time April hits for 2019, whatever whatever I have cooking would be for 2020. Which would be bonus points for those over the age of 40. Admit it. Could you could? With all these kids winning, we need to do something for us old farts, and you'll be there soon. We'll figure something out. I got I got a few months to plan, and then yeah, maybe it'll be the two dollar fee, man. I don't know. Depends. Whoa. <laughs> it usually depends on how I'm feeling that week before of my level of snark <laughs> for the week. Comparing uh, young and old, I'm curious. You, earlier this year, bought the new AFM game and sold Adam Becker your old one. Yeah, I did. So you've played both. You've had yeah. a few months on it now. Is there one you prefer? Is there major differences? Give us your analysis I mean, on both. I like the new one is in way better shape than my old, my old blown-out one. So, I mean, it's really, it's really nice to have a very high-quality version of that game. Compared to the, uh, you know, the the craftastic version that's now sitting in Becker's barn, you know, it, it plays great, but it, it's certainly not a looker. So you sold Becker a lemon, is what you're saying? I didn't sell him a lemon. He, uh, if anything, he could see it, it. It played a lot better than it looked, which I think is like the opposite of a lemon, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's great, man. Plays awesome. My kids love it. Flippers, the LEDs. Toppers, what do you think? Amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? The topper is amazing. Oh, it's crazy. And I have to say, someone was asking me about the Monster Bash remake. Oh, what a great game. I think that's yeah, that's a, whatever version you get. Like all three. Dubin and crew are, and you know, the price points that they're hitting, it's a viable business for them, and, and that's pretty clear that they keep, they keep going, and people seem to be uh, enjoying their purchases. So kudos to them for finding a niche. 
And I know you've had a lot of time on Beatles. That is a fun game. I got my first crack at it this weekend. I enjoyed it. I've always liked Sea Witch. I really like Beatles a lot more and uh, uh, still learning it. And if it's this good this early and it shoots that well, that's always a good sign. Yeah, man. It's it's solid. I was telling telling Zach yesterday after I was I was watching his his footage of him playing out at Modern that uh, it's just, it's it's a fun game. It's one of those no matter how much a game costs or the theme or what you're interacting with, you, you sort of don't know how everything's going to come together until you play it. And then there's really only one question that I ever have to ask myself when after I play a game. And it's just like, was that fun? And, and Beatles is pretty fun to play. You just can't, uh, I can't doubt that. Finally, Josh, before you celebrate uh, your birthday, some of the highlights you've seen over 2018. I mean, the biggest highlight is IFPA not collapsing from Dollargate. Have we, we survived. And I mean, at this point, this is, this is as bad as it gets, right? This is the most money we've collected. We still haven't paid out a dime, and we seem to be doing okay. It'll be, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the, the other end of that process and pushing all the money back to all the states and the provinces and seeing how everyone feels about qualifying for their state or province and getting paid for doing so. So I don't know, it's more of the, this, this year's kind of been a big anticipation year of seeing, you know, by far the biggest change we've ever made, which was the endorsement fee, sort of seeing that through for the first year and seeing how it all comes together, you know, with the year wrapping up and all the qualifying coming to an end and then, you know, having all the championships happen in January. I mean, it's like a, six weeks away. It's funny because on the IFPA website, you had an example that you put up for the national championship. And think of when you did this way back. You said, if there is $15,000 in the prize pot, here's the breakdown for the 50 people playing. Well, you're just over that. You're almost at 17000 So what a know, great get. What a crazy estimate. Good yeah. for you. I, I, can't believe, uh, I can't believe we hit it. It's going uh, to be a fun Vegas trip in March for sure. I'll have I'll, I'll be abandoning my new my newborn baby at home for that trip. So I look forward to the number of times I have to sneak away to get yelled at by my wife while it continentals is going on. What I don't even know what to call it. North Americans is going on. North Americans. I'll call it nationals, but plural going on. <laughs> okay, not an apostrophe. It's a plural. I got it. Right. Okay, Josh. Happy birthday. Good talking to you again. Uh, it's a different conversation that we've had, but I still think it was meaningful, and I appreciate you coming on. We'll get back to our bread and butter soon enough. <laughs> Have a great birthday, bud. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm Jeff Teols. Just a man, a man's My wife won't let me play. I'll never win a major. I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot.